Welcome to the Sedated Man Podcast. We're here to help you break free from all that's holding you down and provide you with the tools to embrace the brotherhood of Christ. It's time to stand back up and be the man you were meant to be. Here's your host, Mike Baker. Welcome to episode 89 of The Sedated Man, The Hidden Life of Christian Men, or The Secret Life of Christian Men. So, it's been a hot minute, hasn't it, since we've done a podcast. We've had a lot happen in the last month and a half. I apologize for the gap. As you can see, this isn't my normal office, but this is my office. It's in our new house. We moved to a a location in Idaho from Montana, and wow. I mean, we closed on a house, we spent two weeks homeless, you know, not really homeless, but a couple weeks staying with friends, getting to know some people really well, uh, waiting to close on this place. Uh, we, we love the house. We love the property. Uh, it's been a huge blessing. It was a very much needed relocation. Uh, maybe a lot of you men can relate. We felt where we were was holding us back and, uh, we're empty nesters and we just didn't see a reason to continue on where we were. So this is our fresh start. And it's been awesome. And it's been rough. And it's been uh, demanding and tough. My new position. Great. I actually like the job mentoring and teaching uh, within the industry I work in. And at the same time, uh, tough. Just tough. I'll just leave it at that. So if you guys are ever thinking about making a move, because you feel stuck where you're at, it's not just you. The move may be good for you and your spouse. So think about it. Or, or just you if you're, if you're not married. So, Secret Life of Christian Men. Now, we've got a lot to go through. Now, because it's been so long, all these things build up in my head. So, not messing around today. We're going to talk about a couple different things. Now, we are going to get to the Secret Life of Christian Men. And a lot of this is going to play into that, what we're going to talk about today. So, a couple of things. I want to give you some book reviews. All right? I want to tell you about our sponsor for this show. We have a sponsor for this particular episode. Uh, I want to talk to you about answering a question that was asked to me on Instagram. And I'm going to answer that question directly. And then we're going to go into the secret life of Christian men. And we're going to tie all that together. All right. I want to thank you guys for consistently watching. Some of you watch me on YouTube. Uh, Some of you are catching the... The... uh, the episodes on your favorite platforms. Some of you see me on Instagram. We're on YouTube, or like I said, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. We're also on TikTok. TikTok, I am there as the sedated man. Sometimes serious stuff, sometimes goofy stuff. All right. Sometimes stuff from work. I am I am a service plumber by trade. Sometimes things from work that uh, just make you go. And those are the fun things that I'll throw on TikTok. So you can find me there as well. Now let's talk about our sponsor for a minute. Mr. TGIF, Mark Chappell. You can find him in on the, my Patreon page uh, under Sponsor. His, he's only on TikTok, so you can, before I tell you about him, you can email me or you can message him directly on TikTok from the link on my Patreon page. He, uh, <clears throat> his name's Mark Chappell. He runs, as I said, TGIF uh, t-shirts, 
He's supporting the Shannon Wilkins Foundation for the Pink. And he's got a new shirt, this one. See? There you go. Never knew I'd, uh, I'd be a model. But this one is his new one for uh, military to support uh, local wounded warrior type projects in the area. So if you would like to support those things or you have a heart for that, contact me, contact Mark. And uh, we want to thank Mark for sponsoring this episode, being really one of our very first sponsors at all. And, and uh, we just want to make sure that he gets the great job that he deserves for the work he's doing for for the pink and for the warriors. So with that, let's move into things. Okay, so let's talk about some books I've read. All right, now look, uh, there was a challenge on a podcast once from a guy I have a lot of respect for. I'll tell you who it is, it's Russell Brunson. Now Russell Brunson is LDS. I am not LDS, okay? <clears throat> so he put out a, a, a challenge, well, I don't know if it was a challenge. Anyway, his point was is that when he's studying with somebody who's not LDS, they have all these opinions about the Book of Mormon, but they've never read the book. And that really challenged me. So I read the Book of Mormon. Now, we're not going to go over the Book of Mormon here, but my point is, is I want you guys to think, in order to have an actual opinion, a legitimate, qualified opinion, you have to have fruit, which means you got to be doing it or you have to have done it. Or you have to at least have some info on what it is you're going over. If you are not Catholic and you want to study with Catholics, I would I would expect you to take some time to study Catholicism. If you're not LDS and you're studying with an LDS, I would expect you to read the Book of Mormon and the Doctrine and Covenants to understand where they're coming from. So you get my point. So with all the nonsense and shenanigans and bullcrap going on in the world today, I picked up some reading. Just a little light reading. Uh... I read uh, the Socialist Manifesto. I've read the Communist Manifesto many times. That was, I mean, that was old. That was one I've I've already done. Uh, I read the Antifa Handbook, and I'm currently in the middle of Rules for Radicals. Rules for Radicals is typically the book that radicals commonly use to to create movements. What are my book reviews on these things? What a load of crap. It, it's no wonder they're doing what they're doing. Uh, the Antifa Handbook, I'm going to summarize these down to little statements for you. You can go read them yourself, but I'm going to summarize these down to little statements for you. The Antifa Handbook basically says that violence is the only answer that gets an immediate response. So why are they doing what they're doing? Why is Antifa doing what they're doing? Because they their claim is that They've tried the other ways. Violence is the only thing that gets an immediate response. And they like to quote the anti-fascists that fought in Nazi Germany against the Nazis. Now, I would wholeheartedly fight with the anti-fascists in Germany against the Nazis. But to claim that heritage, so to speak, for yourself is ridiculous. Now, some of you might be thinking, Mike, why are you going over this political stuff? Uh, you, as a Christian man today, cannot get away from it. I do not let it rule my life, but it would be uh, irresponsible for me to not be aware of what's going on and, it, and not at least have somewhat of a plan if I feel things are going south. But I bring this to you because this is at the forefront of what you're. some of you may be trying to avoid it. If you ignore the problem, you become part of the problem. 
you have to deal with it. And we're going to get into why that is here a little bit. So I would encourage you, if you're just like, I don't want to hear this, I would encourage you to stick around. Stick around. You'll see where I'm going with this at the end, and it will make more sense, I promise. Okay, but Antifa. They want to compare themselves to the anti-fascists that fought against Nazi Germany. That is the biggest load of crap I have ever seen. This is why, this is why they've created the persona of Trump as Hitler. Read the book, the Antifa handbook. This isn't the Antifa, these are just my notes. But the Antifa handbook, violence is the only answer, okay? The Communist Manifesto obviously lays out the 10 tenets of, of ideal communism. And if you really go look at it, the U.S. has got more of those in place than you might think, and has for a long time. The Socialist Manifesto, what a joke. They give you a ton of socialist history in the beginning, and if you didn't know better, if you didn't know the book was called The Socialist Manifesto, you're listening to history of failed, 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 failed socialist governments. But the book is promoting socialism. And I was like, man, on the history alone, I wouldn't even go for this stuff. But, uh, yeah, it makes you question, the history alone makes you question socialism, which is, which is funny. The problem with socialism is that it depends on everyone doing their part. So socialism can only work if this guy's doing his job, 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 okay, on up the line. Now, I have been to Iraq, and Iraq, granted, is a third world country. Oh, there's a lot of socialist aspects in their government. And I can tell you exactly right now that when the food hits, when we were giving food, for example, to the Iraqis, that food started at the top down because we had to give it to an authority and they were supposed to disperse the food accordingly. I can tell you for a fact, and I'm not going to go into the whys, the bulk of that food stayed at the top and a little, if any, filtered further down. Why? Because you cannot depend on everybody to do their part. It's just not going to happen. That's why America has thrived as a capitalist society, because we are responsible for ourselves. Okay? But that is the whole premise. Everybody's got to do their part, and then it'll work. Uh, by the way, socialism needs the elimination of religion. Why? Because religion gets in the way of socialism. Now, if you have had, maybe you heard my last podcast, Socialism and Christianity, a primer. If you are still on the fence about socialism, go listen to it. Socialism has no place with God. None. None. Okay, rules for radicals. The whole idea is to create aggression where none is needed. As an example, the guy who wrote the book had information when he was helping organize a group for something. I'm not going to go into the what. Go read the book. He had information that would have made what this community needed easy to attain. But because he felt he needed to organize the people together rather than just saying, hey, go talk to these people and they already said it was cool. He went in with a group. He got them all riled up, went in with a group into this office and demanded that they allow this thing to happen within this neighborhood and the stunned people were like well of course we will he already knew that it was okay and that those people would approve it but he had to create a scene in order to create this this aggressive mentality that we can take what we want we we have the okay it's ridiculous 
once again, basically he's, he's piggyback in the Antifa handbook that aggression is the only thing that, that's going to get an immediate response. When aggression was completely unnecessary by his own admission in this particular instance. So there's your book reviews. Rules for Radicals, Socialist Manifesto, Communist Manifesto. Uh, I've got a couple others in my queue that I'm going to listen to. I listen to, I get a lot of windshield time, so I, I listen to Audible. Uh, you know, <laughs> there are so many things that this plays into, okay? Uh, the question I want to answer from Instagram <clears throat> moving forward was made by South Bay Tile. I believe it's his business. Now I've got I've got no beef with South Bay Tile. Uh, if you follow me on Instagram, I put uh, an Instagram up the other day, and it had a picture of Kamala Harris and Biden on it. And the 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 section of scripture I had was First Samuel twelve seventeen, and it said, "Then you will know and see that your wickedness is great, which you have done in the sight of the Lord by asking for yourselves a king." This is when King Saul came in. Okay, when Saul was made king. The interesting thing about it is the Lord was never happy about doing this. He consistently, if you go and read 1 Samuel, he consistently told, Samuel consistently told the Israelites, this is a bad idea. And they demanded it. And he warned them, he said, look, he's going to take your first daughters, he's going to take the best of your, your livestock, he's going to take the best of your, your fields, he's going to press you into service. They demanded it. I want a king. Now, what's my point here? Now, I know the bulk of the guys who listen to this podcast probably did not vote for Kamala and Biden. But understand that voting for them is no different than asking for a king. And some of you would say, well, what's the difference then with Trump? There is a difference. I'm not going to go into that here. That's not what I'm, that's not what I'm trying to touch on today. If you have a question about that, please email me at mike at the sedatedman.com and I'll, I'll be happy to answer that. Or I'll do another video to answer it. But the point is, they claim to be moderate Democrats. They are not. I put on there that if you voted for these two knuckleheads, you voted pro-socialism, pro-abortion, pro-all kinds of things. If you indeed were a man who voted for Kamala and Biden, uh, you, are, you cannot say you're pro-life if you voted for them because they are pro-choice and uh, as actually part of the answer to South Bay Tile is they adamantly, uh, they not only endorse abortion, but Biden wants to make the Roe versus Wade the law of the land. So with that, you are endorsing murder. Straight up. And uh, I'm sorry, but you cannot make a claim to godliness if you're going to support such a thing. So South Bay Tile was then wanted proof that they were socialist. Okay, I'm assuming he probably voted for them. I don't know if South Bay Tile is watching this. Please understand that I have 100% respect for your uh, ability to have your own opinion and your right in this country to do so. I felt this was something I needed to answer myself up front. So, the quick answer on, question, on the question that Biden and Kamala are socialist, South Bay Tile, Instagram. Okay, Biden-Harris socialist policies. For one, socialism states that the individual should rely on government for, for everything from food to health care. I believe that was a, a Merriam-Webster dictionary. From food to health care, from the government, okay? Biden and Kamala are both adamant supporters of government-funded abortion. Uh, 
They're both adamant supporters of the Green New Deal. Now, the Green New Deal, if you only heard it thrown around a little bit, it's resolution uh, House Resolution 109 and Senate Resolution 59, sponsored by AOC, an outspoken socialist, and Senator Ed Markey. Okay? Now, I'm not going to go into the details of the Green New Deal, but the Green New Deal is absolutely a socialist agenda. To say that it's not, you would be lying. Okay? Go research it. Go look it up. And anything endorsed by AOC, who was a huge Bernie supporter, an admitted socialist, strong, obnoxious socialist, AOC, okay, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, you cannot claim to support the Green New Deal and not be a socialist. It is 100% socialist ideals and principles. Okay. Uh, Government-funded abortion. Okay, let's be honest. Abortion is not in and of itself a socialist issue, although it's murder. Okay. But the government funding of abortion is. Because the government funding of abortion will then push on insurance companies to allow it. And then insurance, you've already seen this wave of things happening where, where there's been huge pushback that hey, I, as a, as a Christian employer, I'm not going to provide that insurance and being told that they have to. That is socialism. Socialism gives you the guise, the disguise that you are actually an entrepreneur, but really dictates to you what you can and can't do with your business. That's not entrepreneurship. That makes you a manager. It means you bought a job means somebody else is pulling your strings. If somebody else can consistently tell you what to do with your business, it's not your business. Look up the 10 tenets of communism, okay? Uh, Biden and, and Kamala are also huge, huge endorsers of an expansion of Obamacare, which only promotes, promotes more government-regulated healthcare, really doesn't solve the problem of poverty. Okay, the whole idea behind expanding, sorry, behind expanding Obamacare is because there are so many people struggling. And so by expanding Obamacare, they think that they're solving the problem of poverty. They're not. Okay. Let's be honest. When the stimulus checks came out, which I did receive one, but I, I didn't, I didn't want it. I was still working. Um, but the, what did most people do with those? Most, a lot of people, let's be honest. A lot of people did not pay their bills with that. People get a little more money who are struggling and they will play with it. Why? Because they get so, because they feel they get so little playtime now. Well, my kids, you know, my kids haven't been, we, we haven't gone out to eat and, you know, and so they're not going to do with it what you think they should do with it. Expanding healthcare is going to suck more money out of the pocket of people that work hard and put it towards people that are not working hard. Now, am I saying that everybody on Obamacare or anything, are low-life scum. No. I've known some very hard-working poor people, but you know what? Those very hard-working poor people that I know don't stay poor forever. But I've known a lot of people who have stayed poor almost their entire lives, been in the system almost their entire lives. Why? Because they do not aspire to more. And Obamacare is not going to solve that. But Obamacare is in of itself a socialist 
It started out socialist, it's exceptionally socialist now, and it will remain, it will only become more socialist in its policy and premise, okay? Uh, they also believe in racial inequity. And so the idea is in racial inequity is that if you have two neighborhoods and they're both different, it's not based on choices, but on race. And they're not treated the same as a result of race. Now, I want you to really listen to what I just said, all right? Now, references for where I got this information will be on my Patreon page if you would like to go back and read them, okay? There'll be the links there for each article I, I've got my information from. So, the neighborhoods, they said, are based, their inequity, their racial inequity, is based on race, not on choices. I put the not on choices in there because the push is that it's race alone, that causes racial inequity. Okay, so they go on further on that link. We acknowledge and account for past... Okay, this is part of their solution, what they want to see happen. That we acknowledge and account for past and current inequities and provide all people, particularly those most impacted by racial inequities, the infrastructure needed to thrive. Okay, this is 100% socialist policy or principle, even though it may not... It sounds good on the surface, but that is what socialism does. It ices over, it puts a nice icing on a dog crap cake, okay? So it, the whole idea is it brings, this brings everyone to the same, quote unquote same, whether they've deserved or earned it and makes everyone so the same, quote unquote, that they lose their uniqueness. Biden himself stated in early July of this year, it's way past time to put an end to the era of shareholder capitalism. So, Keep in mind that that which the government gives a dollar to uh, comes with rules attached to that dollar. There is a reason that private schools who accept government grants and monies are more restricted on their curriculum than those that don't. Those that don't don't have any ties. They don't have any strings attached. Those that do, sure, they've got bigger buildings and they can do more. Uh, they're under the guise that they can do certain things. But in truth, accepting that money comes with conditions and they're not just uh, they're not just logistical conditions okay so South Bay tile there's your answer I would encourage you if you're here to stick around all right so things I want to talk about now we're into the life the secret life of Christian men the secret life of Christian men so you know, as men, there's this whole toxic masculinity movement going on, and we've talked about that, okay? Now, in Psalm 119, verse 114, it says, You are my hiding place and my shield. I wait for your word. But we as men, that is to be our hiding place, the place that we go, our consolation, that, that place we can go when things are tough, but that's not what we do these days. We as Christian men are so attacked these days, so told that we're, we're told we're racist. We're told that we're misogynist. We're told that we're narcissistic. We're told that we're Nazis. We're told, I mean, the list goes on, right? The beginning of 2020, you would have never heard any of this, but here we are. Okay, so where do men hide? Men hide in porn. They hide in social media. They hide in their mar marriages, okay? Every one of you guys knows the yes, dear dude, right? Yes, dear, yes, dear. That guy's hiding in his marriage, all right? They hide in alcohol. Uh, they hide in politics. They hide as keyboard warriors. They hide and they don't thrive, okay? So what do I mean by that? I mean, 
<clears throat> I mean that you've got guys who may not be into hard porn, but will go through the swimsuit pictures on Instagram or on Facebook. And they'll go into they'll go into things that on a browser, because everybody knows about deleting browser history now, they'll go into things that on a browser won't alert anybody that they're looking at something that they're struggling with. Okay, <clears throat> they'll have they can't, they may not be severe drinkers, they may not drink themselves stupid every night, but they have to have that drink to deal with their spouse, to deal with their job, to deal with, to deal with, to deal with. Okay. Uh, you know, what are you reading? What are you looking at when nobody's looking at you? What is it you think that you're getting away with and thinking to yourself, I know God knows, but I just need a mental break. I've been guilty of it. I'm not going to sit here and preach to the choir. Or I'm not going to sit here and, and preach at you and say that it's never happened to me. We hide. The yes, dear guy, he's decided that fighting with his wife about it isn't worth it. Or he's been beat down by those around him. Or drugged down by other men who are the same way. I, for a long time, and my wife and I have talked about this at length, so this is nothing, nothing new. Uh, my wife and I, for a long time, I have served my wife for many, many years. All right, we've been married 25 years, and I would serve my wife to the point where if I got birthday money, I would buy her something with it. If I could do, if I had spare time, I didn't do the things I wanted to do. I did something that I knew she needed or that she needed done. Or Now, this was not because my wife was demanding. It was because I thought that's what I should be doing. And I can tell you right now, and she would agree, I was mistaken. I put so much into her, there was none of me. I was hiding. Why? Because there were so many things I didn't want to deal with. I had a bad upbringing. At 50 years old, I still struggle with things from childhood that I feel is ridiculous. I'm more emotional now than I've ever been. Not in, it's not like I go crying everywhere. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I feel more. I still struggle with, with tears. I still can't quite get them out. But I can feel inside of me more now than I ever did before, which throws me off because I'm not used to it. It's not that I, have a, I don't have a problem with feelings or men with feelings. That's my struggle. But maybe it's a struggle you have. And I was trying to hide that in my service to my wife and my family. I pursued a business uh, when my boys were still in the house, and I was very successful at it for about five years. Something major happened. I had to sell it, and I've been struggling to get back to that place ever since. It was a huge hit, and I hid. Les Brown would call it parking. I parked, <laughs> but I hid. Recently, I went through a Virtual Warrior Week with, uh, uh, with uh, Wake Up Warrior. Helped tremendously. It's helped me get back on track. And I believe there's a link in the Patreon page to get there if you are so inclined to check it out. Pretty intense. But uh, I'm finally getting to a place, and it takes a lot of work. I'm finally getting to a place where I don't have to hide. Now, let me, you know, now I appeal to you in that, in the fact that if there was ever a time in our lives that we can't afford to hide, it's now. We are more than providers. We're kings, each within our own house. We are accountable 
not responsible. Now, let me explain the difference. Am I saying responsibility is a bad thing? No, I'm not saying that. But responsibility as men within our families holds us hostage, hostage to duty. Makes us a slave to duty. There are two reasons you serve people. One involves respect and love. The other involves duty. Now, sometimes duty is needed to get there, okay? But responsibility, especially in today, holds us hostage. We are accountable. We're accountable to God. We're accountable to our fellow brother in Christ. We're accountable to our employers. We are accountable. And not because of duty. We should be accountable to God because of our respect and love for him. We should be accountable to our family because of our respect and love for them. If we do it out of duty, we will give of ourselves and never receive. You have to receive. I know that is hard. I'm telling you right now, I still struggle with receiving because I don't feel worthy to receive. It's not about what I feel. It's about what my family feels, what God feels. God says I'm worth receiving. My family feels that I've made the sacrifices and I'm the type of man, I'm worth the receiving. They want to give. And I take something away from them. I rob them of that when I don't receive it. When I'm giving so much that there's no room for me to receive. Another book I read, and I might have mentioned it before, was No More Mr. Nice Guy. I would highly suggest you read it. There are parts that I can you know, get rid of. But overall, the book really pointed out to me. It's what led me to go to, to Warrior Week with Wake Up Warrior. And I'm, I'm currently involved in some more in-depth things with them because I've got things to work out. And they've got tools that will absolutely help you work it out. And if you've got questions about it, you email me and you ask. We can't hide. We are kings, not providers. Accountable, not responsible. Kings. How do, what do you picture? You want to know what a... You want to know what you, how you should be operating? I constantly study David. I'm going through it again. But when I study David, I start in 1 Samuel because I have to understand the process that came to David to understand David too. A man after God's own heart. Kings, that's us. Us, kings within our own households. A king's job is to create, not just provide. There, there are so many things that we forget. When I first started this podcast, it was for my sons. And then like a lot of podcasters, I got kind of wrapped up in the numbers and I decided to stop podcasting. And then some things happened, all this COVID stuff happened, and I brought the sedated man back, on, back online. Why? Because I remembered I had done this for my sons. If you are benefiting from this and you are not a baker, you're not of my family, then God bless you and I want you to stick around, okay? Uh, I am going to be doing over the next few months some videos that I'm going to have only on my Patreon page that will give you specific tools to help deal with the things that we are struggling with today. Uh, but my sons, I worry about their futures. Not their financial futures, just their futures. I, I have grandkids, and I wonder if the, my sons who don't have kids, if I should encourage them to not have kids. This podcast is for them. It's for other generations after them. When I 
first, when I started my family, I made some huge mistakes. We're a, we're a blended family, okay? Uh, my oldest two are from my first marriage. My third oldest, whom I adopted, is from my wife's first marriage. And then the youngest two are ours. We're a blended family. So when my wife and I now came together, we said, being a baker, because being a baker f before this, my dad, and bad, bad name. It was years. My dad's name was Bob Baker. It was years before I wasn't just called, oh, that's Bob Baker's son. And I said, enough, enough of this. Being a baker is going to be an awesome thing. And we formed a family identity. And I've talked about family identity. Dig back through the podcast. You'll find it. I talked about it. Family identity was crucial. We built a frame that family identity, that the baker was an awesome thing. So really this right here is the beginning of the Baker family. Anything before it can get tossed and burned. Right now counts. And I want generations after this, especially when I see what's coming. I want generations, my generations of Baker after me, to remember their foundations. What we stood for and why. Because eventually God is going to become so lost in the social sauce... They're not going to know. There may be generations of mine who drop the ball. I'm sure there will be. There's no way for me to control that. But God has control, and he can bring this info back into the hands of any generation of mine after this. At his whim. This is not a time to hide. This is not a time to wait for the end okay if you are thinking that these are the end times that's great think that if you want to i personally feel that the the christians who are being torn limb from limb in the Colosseum back in back after jesus's death i personally believe that they had more of a reason to believe that they were in end times than we do but you can't live thinking end times end times end times end times for each day has enough trouble of its own. Your family needs you now. There is no room for the secret life of the Christian man anymore. There was no room for it before, but there's less room as the days go by. You will have to stand or you will fall. You will have to stand or your family will fall. These policies they want to put in place, these affect you and your secret life. Vaccinations, I keep hearing it. What are you going to do if uh, the government makes va mandatory vaccinations? I'm telling you right now that the government isn't going to come in and make mandatory vaccinations. No. The insurance companies are going to come to the local mom and pops and some of the bigger and some of the mid-sized businesses. And they're going to say, if you don't vaccinate your employees, we're going to drop your coverage. And the government's not going to do anything to stop them. And so when the government finally puts a mandate in place, it's going to be only to support what's already happening in the workplace. Where are you going to hide then? You're going to have a choice to make. Provide or don't. So what are my suggestions? You're like, Mike, all right, you always bring these problems. Let me make a few suggestions here. For one, start reading. Start getting up on some, some things. Don't don't so engulf yourself in what's going on right now that you forget who you are and who your family is and who Christ is and who died for you. 
but be aware. Okay? Start a podcast. Write a blog. Get a YouTube channel. Why am I telling you to do these things? I'm telling you to do these things because these are the things that will last. Get out of your shell. Quit hiding. Perhaps there's a book you want to write. You know, Lord, put that book in your head. Get it out there. Find a program. Take some time. If you have questions, if you're unsure, ask me. I am happy to, to, to help point any of you in a direction. Go to my Patreon page. There's a ton of links there for great info to help you through those things. Start a business. Start a side business. Make it so that you no longer have to be reliant on any one employer or any employer at all. Learn a new skill, become a remote worker. Learn a new skill, start a business, sell a t-shirt. I don't give a crap. Do something. Be a king. Create. Be accountable. Live by respect and honor and love, not just duty. Duty is always there. The others are there by choice. Quit hiding. With that, I want to thank you guys for listening. As I've said before, uh, go to the Patreon page. It will have all the links to this episode plus all the other episodes before. If I've got a bad link and there's something you need, please let me know. You can reach me at mikeatthesedatedman.com. You can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Kanund. You can find us on, uh, on Parlor, And you can find some funny stuff and some serious stuff on TikTok. Remember, I'm here for you. If my sons are watching this, I love you. Never forget. Baker out. Thanks for listening to The Sedated Man bringing Christian men back to power in their homes, congregations, and communities. We'll see you next time.